Karen Jean-Pierre's incompetence is making these press conferences a source of her stress and consternation. Joe Biden's incompetence and corruption aren't helping things for her. The Biden administration works hard to turn a purple state into a red state, and China is looking to increase their land. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Long time no talk. Hope you had a great day yesterday. A lot to cover today. So, Kamala Harris. Oh my God. This gal is always going to be a slogan that's going to be put on a t-shirt. And this is a slogan that probably should be put on a t-shirt. I have a couple of them from the Daily Wire of her just being quoted with a picture of her on a t-shirt. And she just did it again. I, I gotta tell you. So here's Kamala Harris. She's in Highland Park, Illinois after the mass shooting on Independence Day. And, um, yeah, let's, I, I don't even have much to say about this one. Just listen to it. And I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it real well. Uh, I, this was the best clip I could find. If you can't, I'll just tell you what, it, what she said. Listen. Um, we gotta take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. The whole nation should understand and have a level of empathy to understand that this can happen anywhere in any peace-loving community and we should stand together and speak out about why it's got to stop. Madam Vice President. Okay, so now just in case you didn't catch this because it was kind of a real muffled audio and a lot of people didn't get it. This is what she said. We got to take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. The whole nation should understand and have a level of empathy to understand that this could happen anywhere to any people in any community. And we should stand together and speak out about this, about why it's got to stop. Yeah, she's really great at this. I don't even know what she meant. I'm not even going to try and venture a guess, but she was, of course, wildly mocked online. Um, anyway, but, but that's great. That's, that's your, that's your future president. There you go. Yeah. You wonder why Democrats want to keep Joe Biden in office? Okay. By the way, there's a little bit more about the shooter. Uh, and, um, this is not going to be good news for all those gun control advocates because now it's beginning to appear that uh, this is exactly why we should be able to protect ourselves. Okay, so he confessed to everything. He waived his Miranda rights, and he said he was actually planning a second attack. He was on his way to a second attack. That probably explains why he dropped the first rifle at the first attack and had the rifle in his car he will apparently he was going to do something else. He had uh, two other confrontations with police uh, in um, in the past, and they were pretty serious confrontations. One was he attempted suicide in 2017, and then in 2019 he threatened to kill his whole family. Police went to the residence, and they. Pulled out a bunch of knives, a dagger, and a sword. They actually confiscated it from him. 
Uh, neighbor stated that there was a lot of conflict in the home and that police were there all the time, mostly because the parents used to fight all the time and they used to be very loud and they'd get rough and violent and things like that. So right off the bat, the kid does have mental problems. He lived in a very troubled home. Here's the question I have for you. Do you think gu uh, guns really are the problem with this kid? Why have mass shootings gone up so much over the past 10 years? I also believe we need to come up with a real definition of a mass shooting. For example, it's when a, you have a gang turf war and somebody like this that goes out and starts shooting people, this is con they're both considered mass shootings. I think we need to like narrow the definitions of mass shootings from now on because this is not the same. As I'm, I'm saying they're both increasing. But we've got to stop looking at the tools that these mass killers use. And we need to start looking at the mentality of the mass killers. Where these guys are coming from. I mean, and you could take a look at the Waukesha guy. Buffalo, New York. I mean, Waukesha, he didn't even use a gun. He was driving over people. So understand something. Guns are just the tools that they used. In Waukesha, they used a car. So, I mean, in certain areas, they've actually used knives. So this stuff is becoming way too common. And until we stop looking at, stop demonizing guns and gun ownership for people who are legally able to hold guns, one of the things we probably should need to do is take a look and say, well, why are all these kids between 18 and 24 feel the need to go shoot up schools, shoot up parades, things like that. Because, you know, that stuff wasn't done 10, 15 years ago. There were very few 10, 15 years ago. Now this is becoming almost a weekly thing. And we're not addressing the problem. We're addressing the borders of the problem. So here's some more Kamalisms. Karen Jean-Pierre gave a bunch of sound bites that show the incompetence and corruption of this administration. Now, normally, she gets her butt kicked by Peter Ducey and Peter Ducey alone of Fox News. And this is completely expected. Fox News is one of the only conservative outlets. There is the Washington Examiner there. OAN is there sometimes, but she doesn't typically call on them. So she expects to get challenged by Ducey. Um... But this time you're beginning to see these challenges are coming from a lot of different news outlets. And she is having a really hard time dealing with some of this stuff. So I've got a bunch of clips here. And believe it or not, I could have included three more, but I didn't. Um, here's Karen Jean-Pierre being asked about the difference between the insurrection of January 6th and the protests of the Supreme Justice's homes. The riots and the harsh words by Democratic politicians. So she's being asked, what's the difference between people protesting in front of the Supreme Court justices, people rioting in the streets, and the insurrectionist language of people like AOC? What's the difference between that and, and January 6th? Now, this is a long clip. This is a two-minute clip. But you can tell 
she really doesn't know how to answer this. What's the difference between President Trump not doing anything while the Capitol was being attacked and President Biden not doing anything while protesters, uh, while the Supreme Court justices were under attack in their own homes with their families and with their children? Well, I, there, there are two major differences here. Uh, first of all, the, our predecessor... <laughs> Uh, was very, uh, we have said that his behavior on that day, um, on January 6th, was atrocious. Uh, the president has said that. Um, and we are going to let the select committee, the January 6th select committee, uh, continue to do their independent uh, review of that, their hearing. Um, and you guys all saw for yourselves. The American people saw, have seen for themselves uh, what, um, what the what what our president predecessor has done his behavior and his involvement so that is not the same that is absolutely not the same we are talking about what we saw on january 6 we are talking about an attack on our democracy uh, we are talking about a very dark day that the person who was here before us seemingly if you watch was very involved so that's very very different uh, now Fast forward to uh, to this president. Uh, this president is fighting for women's rights. He's fighting for women's freedom. He has spoken out. He's been very clear uh, about what needs to happen next. Uh, he put out two executive authorities uh, that lays out uh, ways that we can protect women. Uh, he has uh, he has said that he's going. Everything is on the table. Uh, we're going to see what else we can do. But he has also has spoken very truthfully and very honestly with the American people, which is if we want to see Roe become the law of the land, we also have to act. Uh, we have to hold Congress accountable uh, and make sure that they act. And if that cannot happen, then. Americans need to go to the ballot box, and that is that is very different. And to say and to say that there is no difference, that is that is just unbelievably wrong. Yeah, there was a there was a word salad. That was a mess of an answer. Oh wait a minute, she didn't answer the question. It took her two minutes, and she went from Trump bad to Biden protecting abortion. It was a rather straightforward question. What's the difference between the January 6th writers and the protesters in front of the Supreme Court justices? And she couldn't answer it. There is no, they're both illegal. You can't do that. They're both insurrections in a sense. I mean, I don't think the January 6th was an insurrection. I think it is a riot. I think the uh, protesters in front of, I disagree with her. I think the protesters in front of the Supreme Court justice, that's more of an insurrection because they are deliberately trying to change the Supreme Court's decision. That's what their goal was. So, yeah, this was just a, a, an absolute mess of an answer. But that wasn't it. Okay, we're seeing the lowest levels of oil reserves since the mid-1980s. And understand something. Oil reserves are not meant for consumer consumption. They're actually meant for times where our oil supplies are cut off. Uh, they're meant for times of war. Things like that. Okay. A report by Reuters that came out this weekend, claimed that the Biden administration has been sending our oil reserves, 5 million barrels, to Europe and Asia, including China. She was asked about this 
and why what would what the administration had to say about this because they thought well you're going to release oil from the reserves to you know ease the price at the pump and that's not happening so her response unsatisfying but typical let's listen um, and then there's a Reuters report um, out this morning that says that more than 5 million barrels of oil that were released from the emergency oil reserves were exported to Europe and Asia last month, and some of it reportedly was actually heading to China. Uh, is the administration aware of those reports, and um, you know, does, it, does the president mind that some of this oil that was meant to uh, ease pain for consumers is headed overseas? I have not seen that report, so I would honestly have to go look into it and see what what the truth is in that in that uh, statement that you just laid out and see exactly what's happening. I, I just have not seen that report. Okay, I got to ask something. Now, I, I know the Reuters story came out yesterday morning, okay? But this is not something that no one knew about. It was already talked about. The Biden administration already admitted they were sending our oil reserves to Europe. They already said that. And there was rumors from a couple of other newspaper outlets that say it was going to Asia too, that they were sending out. The Reuters report came out and just said, yeah, not only do we know they're going to Asia and Europe, it's also going to China and it's 5 million barrels. Here's the question. How can this administration be so uninformed? How can the press secretary, I mean, does she read a newspaper? Doesn't she wake up in the morning and take a look at the news outlets? I mean, I do every day. And I don't do it throughout the day. I do it in the morning and I look at what's going on and then I'm, I'm prepared for the day. Josie even comments on it. God, every morning you wake up, you don't go to a video game, you don't go to, you open up the news. First thing you do on the phone. You don't look at your emails, you don't look at your tasks, you look at your the news. That's what you, that's how you do it. In 20 minutes, I can be fully informed to what's going on. And she doesn't know what's going on? I won't even talk about the fact that this is just more evidence that Biden, the Biden administration hates the American people and all this is done on purpose, which I say that almost in every podcast, so I don't want to keep saying it, but it's true, that they're basically clearing out our oil reserves. How is that a good thing? Exactly. Oh, by the way, I told you, I told you, I think last week, Macron, Emmanuel Macron told Joe Biden at the G7 conference on a hot mic, hey, you need to start pumping oil. Going to Saudi Arabia, they are not, they are not refining oil. They don't have any oil to refine. They have nothing. And I already told you, Germany is now firing up their coal plants because they don't have enough of their own energy and they can't afford to export energy. And I haven't told you a couple of things. One, I haven't told you that all these sanctions on Russia, it's not working. The ruble is as strong as it was before. They're selling oil to they're selling oil to uh, um, India. They're selling oil to China. They're doing just and they're selling oil to Europe. They're doing just fine. 
And something else I didn't tell you? Well, guess what the uh, European Union has decided to do? They have decided to state, against all science, by the way, and by the way, when I say against all science, I mean they're following the science, um, that uh, natural gas and nuclear energy are now sources of clean energy, and they are going to start using those. By the way, they're absolutely correct. Natural gas is very clean and very efficient, and nuclear is 100% efficient and extremely clean. You could take all of the uh, rods, the uranium rods, from every nuclear power plant in the world, and it would fill about half a football stadium. It, it is an extremely clean uh, f fuel alternative. France is 80% of France is running on nuclear. So, what's Germany, what's the European Union going to do? They're going to start using natural gas, which is what Greta wanted us to stop using. Boy, Greta is going to be pissed. How dare you? Yeah, I know. We should be taking our energy policies from an 18-year-old high school dropout with mental, disability, with mental disabilities. But yeah, whatever. And she's 18, so I can say that now. It's not, it's not considered child abuse or whatever they want to call it but i mean this is what they're doing i mean <laughs> people they can only they can only get so far okay now let's get to peter Ducey, because you know peter Ducey was going to take care of business right and he sure did so here's peter Ducey. uh i i gotta i gotta tell you something i bet peter i bet cage uh kgp karen jean pierre i would just call her kgp from now on I bet you she sucks down a lot of weed when she finishes talking to Peter Ducey because he wrecks her every time he asks a question. Here, he's asking how Biden can blame gas stations themselves for the high prices of gas. And he's been doing this over the last two weeks. This is just really stupid politics. It's really dumb. We'll talk about it in a sec but listen to what uh well how she actually answers this question sort of center abroad thanks green how did the president go from blaming high gas prices on putin to big oil to small business owners now well here's the thing about that um peter is when you look at um as of this morning when you look at the crude oil uh, and when you look at wholesale oil prices as well, they've declined about 15%. And so retail gas prices, have, however, have only declined just about 3% over the same time period uh, as we have seen uh, with the crude oil prices and the uh, wholesale gas prices. And meanwhile, those same uh, retailers are profiting, their profit have gone up about 40 cents, nearly 40 cents in, in that same period of time. So what the president is saying is that everyone along that chain, along that production ch chain line, needs to, needs to make sure that they're doing what what is possible, their part, in bringing down the, the cost for, for the American people. That is what we're asking. Consumers should not, should not be the first to pay and the last to benefit. You can tell that Jean-Pierre is lying by the fact that she sits back and takes 20 minutes to an answer a question. Unfortunately for this question, it's just absolute BS. Only 5% of gas stations in the United States are owned by oil, oil companies. 
Most of the companies are owned by individuals that make very little in gas sales. That's why a lot of these a lot of these gas stations have combined convenience stores. Because these places make all their money, make all their profits on selling coffee, candy, beer, potato chips, water, things like that. Biden is so busy trying to find someone to blame for this mess that he is now blaming the mom and pop stores, the regular people for gouging the public. It's it, it really it's just pathetic. It really is. Okay, well, here's now for the real fireworks. Um, this is this is good. Remember when old Joe uh, sent a voice, sent a made a phone call to Hunter and left a voicemail back in 2018. I think I played it for you last week, and basically Joe is saying that he read a he pre-screened a, a story by the New York Times that basically cleared Hunter of all responsibility for the money he earned from a Chinese oil company. Do you remember that? Okay, well, if you don't, I'll just remind you of it, and you you can listen to it again. It's only 33 seconds. Hey, Palestad, it's 8.15 um, on uh, Wednesday night. If you get a chance, give me a call. No, nothing urgent. just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, is going to be printed tomorrow in time. It was good. I think you're clear. And uh, anyway, um, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. Does that sound like Joe Biden's voice? Does it sound like Joe knows something about Hunter's business dealings? Does it sound that maybe the New York Times was working with, possibly working with the Bidens to clear Hunter from this crap? Well, here's P uh, Peter Ducey asked, asking KGP, KJP, about the voicemail. Her answer was, let's just say, like everything else, less than satisfactory. Why is there a voicemail of the president talking to his son about his overseas business dealings if the president has said he's never spoken to his son about his overseas business dealings? Well, first I'll say that uh, what the president said stands, so... If he, if that's what the president said, that he, that is what stands. And Usually second, secondly, New York Times but secondly, concerning secondly, business dealings, and Peter, he says, I think you're clear. How is that not him talking to his son about his overseas business dealings? We're not from this podium. I am not going to talk about alleged materials from the laptop. So I will. I am not. Voice on the I am not going to talk about alleged materials on the laptop. Are it's you not happening. Then that it is not. Peter, I refer you. To uh, to his son's representative. Okay. By the way, those aren't alleged materials. That's actually there. He actually did have a conversation with Biden about this, with Hunter about this. It's not just a allegedly. You heard it, and Joe's voice was on the voicemail. Shouldn't he have to answer the question? Why would they go to Hunter? Because all they're going to do is they're going to say, oh, uh, just go, you'll have to talk to the president. Well, I got news to you. KJP's response didn't sit well with other reporters. Here's another reporter. I believe he was also from the conservative outlet, uh, outlet uh, the Washington Examiner, basically re-asking the question. 
we have all heard it. The president likes to say, uh, I will always level with you. He says that again and again. Um, moments ago, though, you seemed to dismiss Peter's question about his conversation with his son, Hunter Biden, uh, with regards to his business dealings. And I'm wondering, how is that silence consistent with the president's promise to always level with the American public? Because, you know, in, in public, he says he, he hasn't discussed these business dealings. And then at least according to the, the voicemail that's been obtained by the Daily Mail and the Washington Examiner, it certainly seems like he was seeking to do exactly that, have a conversation about these business dealings. Is, is he leveling with the, the American public on this? Phil, I hear your question, but what I can tell you from here, standing at this podium, is that I cannot comment on any materials from the laptop. And I would refer you to the representatives of, uh, of Hunter Biden. That's what I can share with you at this podium at this time. There will never be a comment. Biden will not take any other questions on the subject. He will be pulled from every press conference and will not sit down with any reporter for the rest of his term. Biden was caught lying. Biden seems to be involved in corruption. This is serious stuff and could be subject to impeachment. I have another question. Why isn't Karen St. Jean-Pierre prepared to answer any of these questions? None of this stuff is new news. This stuff's actually been out for a while. She had to know these questions were coming. It's fine that she doesn't want to answer, but at least come up with something more satisfactory than this garbage. And sitting back and saying, talk to Hunter. Absolutely incredible. Okay, so let's get to this story. Uh, it, it, this is a, a big one. According to Daily Wire, the Biden administration sued Arizona on Tuesday over a state law requiring voters to show proof of citizenship before casting a ballot in a presidential election. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey signed into law in March a bill meant and it's not the same Ducey signed a law into in March a bill mandating voters show documenta documentary proof of citizenship in order to vote by mail or vote by federal vote in a federal election. The Department of Justice challenged the law in court, arguing that the mandate is redundant and unconstitutional. Now, before we get wild and crazy, it's not redundant. I would say, yeah, okay, maybe. I, I, I can see that being an undue burden, but the reality is, what are they, what is Arizona actually asking them to do? Provide ID. That's, a, that's about it. And, you know, proof of citizenship. Don't forget, we've all, we're going to allow probably 3 million people into the country illegally this year. So chances are you got to worry about people who are not, who don't belong in this country suddenly voting. Or people who, or uh, people who are not citizens voting. Okay, this is what the attorney general named uh, Kristen Clark from the DOJ said in a statement: House Bill 2492's onerous documentary proof of citizenship requirement for certain federal elections constitutes a textbook violation of the National Voter Registration Right Act. No, it does not. Arizona has passed a law that turns the clock back in progress by imposing unlawful and unnecessary requirements that would block eligible voters. As you'll see in a few seconds, nope, these are pretty necessary from registration rolls during certain federal elections. 
Okay, so the Daily Wire's article continues. The DOJ's Civil Rights Division is leading the lawsuit. The lawsuit argues that Arizona law violates the National Voter Registration Act, which requires that voters, before participating in a federal election, fill out federal forms. While the form does not require documented proof of citizenship, it does ask under penalty of perjury whether or not a one is a citizen. So in other words, um, a person who is willing to break the law to vote has to be trusted that he'll tell the truth too. Okay, that's awesome. So basically, in other words, the state has decided to do something federal government is not doing. So suddenly... I feel pretty good about this this deal, and I got a feeling. Well, first off, the federal government doesn't have a right to say what a state does anyway. Um, so, yeah, they have to fill out a federal form. That's fine, but the state determines federal election law. Sorry. Every state in the country has different federal election laws. So, this is going to get kicked out. A federal. I don't even think this is going to get through the federal courts, much less the Supreme Court. Arizona Attorney General Mark... Uh, Brunovich responded to the lawsuit in a post on Twitter. He said, um, quote, it's another round of Brunovich versus Biden as his DOJ continues its attempts to undermine our election integrity laws. I will see you in court again. Now, I do want to point out that Arizona is a border state that used to be purple. Sounds like Biden, the Biden administration is really working hard to make Arizona red. Now, don't forget, Arizona is one of the contested states during the Trump election. There are a lot of Republicans in the Arizona State Senate that say that they should decertify the election because there was, some, there was fraud. Okay. Stephen Crowder of Louder with Crowder on Blaze TV has actually shown had people drive through Arizona to show that there's some real sketchy things going on there, like bad addresses, dead people, things like that. Um, but other things that really are pushing Arizona red is he wants to ban guns, and Arizona is a Arizona loves their guns. Biden has opened the borders, and Arizona is now struggling with the masses of illegal aliens that are busting into the country. As a matter of fact, Biden's approval rate, I think it's in, in about the mid-20s. It's not over 30%. I'd have to look at that again. But I think he's in mid to late 20s. He's not very high. And finally, this is something that, that just bothers me. Doesn't the DOJ have something better to do? Protests in front of homes of Supreme Court justices, for example, which is illegal by federal law. This is a this is a waste of a case. How about federal federal buildings being vandalized? That's happening now because of that stupid Dobbs case. It just it, it just shows how out of touch the Biden administration is. Okay, we're going to have to get to China trying to get to the get to the moon later because it's a I don't want to spend more. No, we'll do it now. Okay, so China has declared uh, the moon as part of China. Well, they want to, and they're going to go for it. According to NASA's uh, administrator, Bill Nelson, there's a new race to space, this time with China. But Beijing, Beijing's plan goes further. China is planning to own a moon base, together with Russia. We must 
be very concerned that China is landing on the moon and saying it's ours now and you stay out. China's space program is a military space program. All that is absolutely true. Okay, and by the way, I don't know if I said his name, but his name is Bill Nelson, the NASA, I, I think, head administrator there, uh, lead director. And he's he's correct. I mean, we'll, we'll get into what I think about this in a second. But China heard about this, and you know China is planning to do something like this because they got all offended and butthurt. So Zhao Lijian, uh, who's the minist- who's China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesman, he came out, and of course he he just he dicked NASA. Uh, quote: This is not the time for the chief of NASA to lie through his teeth and to smear China. When China calls you a liar, it means he's telling the truth. In recent years, the U.S. openly defined space as a war-fighting domain. We did that through Star Wars with Ronald Reagan, and I still think we should, we should have always followed through with Star Wars. The U.S. side has constantly constructed a smear campaign against China's normal and reasonable outer space endeavors, and China firmly opposes such irresponsible remarks. Well, who gives a damn? Screw you guys. So... Here's the question. I mean, this is this was on Fox News today. I was a little surprised. Is this important or not? Well, yes or no. Yes and no. I'll, I'll give it both sides. First off, I don't think sustaining a base on the moon is sustainable, fiscally responsible, or valuable. Uh, we've been to the moon, and there's nothing on the moon worth colonizing. Proof of that is we stopped going. I also think China's threat on the moon would be non-existent. All of the tech uh, or um, China's going to the moon is extremely long range. Um, all the technology China has for the space program is from the United States. They've stolen it and they've proven to have troubles with their space program because they don't get our technology and their stuff blows up. We don't hear about that very often, but it does happen quite a bit over there. Um, I question whether China will ever be able to land on the moon. As of now, the only thing they've ever done is orbited a couple times and crash a uh, satellite on the far side of the moon. And we're not even sure they did that. That could be rumor. They could, they've lie about everything. I think the really bad part of this story is the United States has become so short-sighted that we're letting our enemies pass us. This started when we skipped the moon program, skipped the Apollo program, and went into that crappy space shuttle program. Now, I will tell you one thing. The space shuttle program that we had for like 30 years allowed China to catch up because the space shuttle program was an utter failure. It turned out to be far more expensive than the Apollo program. And you've got, thank God, we've got people like SpaceX that are that are actually designing this better. We'll get to that in a second. Um, there are some bad parts of this uh, also. there There is some other bad parts about this. I mean, there is the possibility that China will build unattended military bases, silos, maybe shoot down American satellites and American spacecraft. Again, this isn't cheap or easy. 
But it is something to think about, and it is something that if we weren't so short-sighted politically in this country, we may have thought about this back in the 80s when, guess what, Reagan thought about this back in the 80s. Hell, um, Kennedy thought about this back in the 60s. That's what I mean by long-range thinking. Politicians today don't have that long-range thinking. It's really sad, and it's, it's harmful. They don't have that long-range thinking that, okay, I can only be president for eight years. They don't think outside of that eight years. Kennedy said, oh, we will land in the next 10 years, which is going to be outside of his eight years. We are going to land on the moon. Reagan said with Star Wars, we are going to militarize space. And that was going to happen way after uh, Reagan left office. Trump, the creation of Space Force. This is something that's going to be long term, not just within his four to eight years. So I think it's kind of pathetic. And I'd like to see someone think long term from one, from now on instead of being so short-sighted like a lot of our politicians are. Okay, I um, hope you enjoyed it. Went a little bit long, not too bad. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>